Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to Sundays at Sarah's. We're glad to have you back. It's me, Marissa. It's me, Miriam. And it's me, Sarah. And thank you for tuning in today. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about art block, what it is, how we deal with it, our experiences with it. But first, we're going to let Sarah take it away and start us off with Gutai. What is Gutai? So... I was introduced to Gutai thanks to a fantastic professor, art history professor, and I completely fell in love with this Japanese art movement. So it happened a little bit after World War II, so they were highly impacted by, I mean, obviously they were impacted by World War II, and so it was headed by Hiro Yoshihara in 1954 is when this group was founded, and what happened is this man, Hiro Yoshihara, I don't know if I should just call him by his first name. As if yeah. Yoshihara decided um, he wanted to completely do something new. He wanted to do um, something different that would reinvigorate and recharge this community. And so he and other 20 artists decided to collaborate and create Gutai. And where the word Gutai comes from is Gu is um, tra- a translation of tool and Tai means the body. So what these artists were doing is they were using their own body as a tool to create these artworks. So it's as if I threw myself in paint and splashed onto the wall, which is something that someone did in Gutai. Um, that, that, that was Gutai because I would have used my body as a tool to create this piece. And so I believe that this, this uh, movement, the Gutai movement, was heavily process based so it wasn't based on the end product but it was more of the experience of creating that product and something that Hiro Yoshihara had in mind also is to his mantra was to create something that has never been created before and a lot of these works are very strange and if you were to look at them they kind of look like pranks or something that that you wouldn't really consider art and that goes to what I really want to talk about is art that's just bizarre. Like, like I've come across things where even I'm like, how, how, how is this art? Not often because my eyes are open. Um, I've, 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 <laughs> exper- <laughs> I've experienced gutai. But um, I do want to mention this, my, my most favorite work. It's my, my screensaver on my phone. It's, um, let me look for the name real quick. It's, it's, it's this dude. Let's see. Kasuo Shiraga. Challenging Mud. It was done in 1955. And this guy, he's in these beautiful white boxers. Clean. Fresh and clean. So fresh and so clean. <laughs> and, uh, and he, the setting, he's in a, you don't, you don't, I, I know this because I was taught in art history, but he went to this random playground in his area and he made this just giant heap of mud and he's like, I'm gonna fight it. And he slapped, he barely flopped onto it and he started fighting the mud. So there's a, there's a sequence of photographs throughout this process, but the photograph that I'm in love with is the one where he just slaps himself under and onto the mud and is starting to like fight it it looks ridiculous it looks fun messy i'm worried about his white shorts they're completely dirty by the end of it and but in the photographs this was first photograph you don't even know where he is it's just this pile of mud and him and i think that's beautiful uh 
So <laughs> that's that's also why I like Gutai so much because it's heavily process based, but there's also uh, photographs of the actual process of making these, which also makes those photographs a form of art to me. I have a question. Um, is like the guy who was like boxing? I was literally with about the to painting. Say, is that Gutai? Uh, or was that later? You know, because I think that's hard. like a new thing. Because I feel like uh -huh. they were filming him in like a school or yeah. a museum where he like dipped the mm -hmm. like boxing gloves in paint yeah. and then just Do went you know his down name? the lane. His name is um, Ushio Shinohara. Ushio Shinohara. Is that considered Gutai or was Gutai only in that period? I think Gutai was only in that period, but that does have Gutai characteristics. Mm -hmm. I know there's a documentary out, I think it's on Netflix, the the cutie and the bully and you guys should watch that that documentary um i particularly am not a fan of this this boxing man mm -hmm. if you watch the documentary you'll see why exactly we should have mentioned that in the earlier podcast of feminism but that's okay <laughs> i i went i went off on a tangent sorry but I don't, he does have Gutai characteristics because he is using his body and he is making a f mark with his body. Um, I don't know if he was during the movement, but I do know that the Gutai movement is only specific to these 20 artists and these people okay, and this true. time. So, and so what is your question to So I, Yeah, I, I went off. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, but my question is... Um, how do you guys approach untraditional art and how do you guys feel untraditional art is seen so for example untraditional art meaning um for example miriam you had uh fabric pieces that were drawings but people did not consider them drawings or for example performances like when i broke dishes that the process was art um Marissa, did you do anything strange? <laughs> no. <laughs> Braiding. No, 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 no. Braiding, printmaking, making yeah. three-dimensional objects, and you braided them into something. That's very untraditional. Yeah. So. And for people who don't know, Sarah created a video um, of herself, and she's breaking plates. You, you don't see her face, but to describe it um, to you guys... Um, she's just dropping plates on the floor. Um, I believe you, you're not wearing shoes. So it's just that so people know that that was a work of art that she was working on. For me, um, like like you said, I was making these non-objective 3D forms. Um, but they were, a, for me, they were a form of drawing because it was about like the shapes <laughs> that were being formed. Um, but, but yeah, just so that they can kind of have an idea of what, what we're talking about. But what yeah. do you guys think? Like, how do you feel about this type of Untraditional artwork? art. I mean, I can appreciate it. I think the same thing with even in traditional media, there are things that I don't like or I'm not interested by. And the same thing with untraditional art, there are things that I see and I don't get but I appreciate or I see merit and value in and there's things that I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe like some examples that maybe more people might be aware of are like Jeff Koons, like his pieces. If you live in El Paso and you've gone to the El Paso Museum of Art, one of Jeff Koons' piece, and he, and he's one of the top paid, right? He, top he, paid like living artists. 500 million. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it, his two pieces that he had in the EPMA, I don't know if they're still there. 
I think they're really which is a cool mix. Um, one of them was a basketball that's kind of suspended mm-hmm. in a glass case, like a like a fish tank. Yeah, and yeah. there was like, and then there's just a basketball, mm-hmm. but it was floating. It was I floating, guess. and then he has like a sculpture, a butter, a butter, like a big sculpture, and it's just butter. And he, what else did he do that's really famous? The he's the one that does the bunny, the balloon, dog. oh the yeah, balloon the dogs or whatever, like the balloon yeah. animal sculptures. A lot of people like Jeff Koons. I don't. I don't really like it, and I understand that it, there's a comment on sometimes like pop culture mm-hmm. and iconography and those sort of things. I don't necessarily like it, and I think um, that when non-artists, especially or people who maybe don't go to school or don't have like a history background or may not be aware of the concepts that drive a piece Mm -hmm. they see pieces like that and Mm -hmm. they they're fun to look at they're great but (laughs) they think like this is art I could make this and why is this guy making all this money and blah 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 yeah or the the white paintings I I always forget the name of the dude but he he does these super large paintings on canvas that are just white and I guess that could also go to the untraditional because it's a traditional form, but it's an untraditional um, subject because there's nothing on there, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to see yeah. nothing. And um, I was told that every painting is different because the edges is what call it's that's what's that's what's the intent. I've never seen them personally, so I can't really speak to that. But I mean, this guy took the time to do this, and. Also, speaking of, like, paintings mm-hmm. and, like, simple paintings and simplified things, I think we can also bring up minimalism, how people don't really understand minimalism. Yeah. And also, um, like, you said paintings, immediately I thought of um, Mark Rothko. Oh. And I can understand how people field. don't understand the depth between his paintings. And if you don't know his history and how he had survivor survival guilt... And um, the things he went through um, after, was it World War II? Or, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think he was Jewish. Or, yeah, he was... <laughs> Cut that out. Um, but he had survival guilt, and it was kind of like... Uh, I don't know specifically, because I'm... Obviously, I, I can't talk to him, but mm-hmm. like if it, if it was therapeutic or a way to express himself... Mm-hmm. that he couldn't explain into words um so like you said like if you don't know about the process of gutai which is so important it's the process mm-hmm. or if you don't know the background and the history mm-hmm. of like these certain artworks of course you're not going to have like um maybe a right viewpoint or your view is just going to be kind of bland Flawed. yeah Flawed. Real mm-hmm. quick on Rothko, there's a Rothko chapel at Houston. It's in the university there. He did a, a chapel where there are these very large... At first, the paintings were um, like a Purple. like a red, a very oh. bright, vibrant oh, red. Or like a deep red. I, I've never seen them because... Well, I mean, I haven't gone. Also because 
he wanted natural light and that light altered the painting so now they're like a deep purple which is still beautiful but the the paintings themselves are not the only work the building itself is part of the work it's like a it's like um like a it's a chapel right but it's it doesn't have a specific religion so anyone from any religion can go into that place and it does look like a religious ceremonial place but it has no um uh religion tethered to it so anyone even if you're just spiritual and have no connection to religion you can go and enjoy the place and look at his color field paintings um fun fact our professor or our professor marissa warwick Great. Melissa? M Melissa Warwick. Did I say Marissa? <laughs> you said Marissa. I, so many no. M's in my life. <laughs> Melissa Warwick. She, she's a, a, an ordained minister. She married a couple. <laughs> How cute. How wild. She married a couple she at the... She does everything. She, she has a horse. <laughs> <laughs> she has a horse. I can see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, um, same, like, it's so interesting because... Not only did this happen, like, in Japan, like, other people were experiencing, like, in the West, uh, Donald Judd, mm -hmm. Carl Andre, who else? Just, like, those people <laughs> who experimented with minimalism. Mm -hmm. And even for me, when I was, like, first learning about it, because those things were fabricated and made for them, and they, they didn't physically make them, but they mm -hmm. only designed them. It was hard for me to grasp, like, how is it art if you are not making it on your own? Uh, that type oh, of thing. I know a little bit about that. So, because I recently took this class and I recently talked about these topics, I know that with that, Donald Trump had a, had a, had a counterpoint to that um, comment where he was criticized for not making his own art. And to, to him, he said he believed that art should not be... Um, tethered to the artist or not tethered should not be limited to the artist's ability so if right. i wanted to create i, I want to make a sofa like that's what i want to do but i know that i'm not capable of using the heavy machinery because of some something mm -hmm. we'll have someone else do it and th there you go you have a sofa and so that's maybe that wasn't a good example but but <laughs> maybe like an example of a hiss like a Oh yeah, she would and go has, and she had other people that would help her make her sculptures mm -hmm. because there's just so much that there's only so much that you can do. And she had a tumor at the end of her yeah life. because of well we don't know for sure but yeah. there's so oh. many things that sorry <laughs> that you can use. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah literally said this in her first in our first episode oh. that you were saying that you're only limited to your own two hands but your ideas are like you're trying to expand on your ideas and so sometimes you need help and mm -hmm. that is like part of the art process like depending on how much you're expanding how many people you uh, need help even if it is like a social piece of work mm -hmm. where you need volunteers or it's like a community artwork that's like another thing like it's not just you with your own hands mm -hmm. making art yeah or like i think it's in the happenings or it's one of those happenings and fluxes or fluxes i think it's fluxes where Ooh, my they, art history yes 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 fluxes. <laughs> so 
so what they would do in Flux is it's another art movement. Um, what they would do is they would create. Um, they were they're kind of like music sheets in in a way, mm-hmm. and they would print out instructions for anyone to perform, and whoever performed it. Uh, perform the piece of art. It, it's solely based on the person performing the art, but the artists themselves, they they would they think about this in the ter- in terms of um, uh, orchestras. So the artist themselves remains the artist and the composer, and the ones who perform the art are the 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 players, the musicians, mm-hmm. and it, the composer, the artist will always be the artist, but um, there's still va- value to the 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 musician, the mm-hmm. the. Right. the participant and that's yeah. that's crazy that in so many different movements in different places in different mindsets that people are just like experimenting more mm-hmm. not just with a traditional medium mm-hmm. yeah and maybe maybe <laughs> we need to experiment more yeah. <laughs> with different mediums because you might get our block yeah <laughs> so Today's topic, like we mentioned earlier, is about art block. Um, what do you guys think? What do you What do you think causes art block? Several things. Dear God, <laughs> so many things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things. I think um, from not a personal level, maybe um, access to certain yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. So maybe access could mean material. Maybe access could be to information, education. Like, maybe, maybe you just don't have the means to do something and you have an art, art block concerning that. Or a more personal, maybe, I know I go through this quite a bit, um, anxiety, depression, um, stress. And you also mentioned, like, back to your first point, limitations. Mm-hmm. You were getting sick from the chemicals you were working oh, shit, with. yeah. And that caused you to have to Com- completely change your intent and ideas and repurpose it into another form and those things are imposing a block on you mm-hmm. block can come in art block can come in so many different ways and it can last a day it can last a few weeks it can last years, years. years. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a really hard thing to deal with and even harder to overcome mm-hmm should we talk about some of our experiences? Yeah. Who wants to go first? Um, <laughs> I could go first. So, for me, the first time I experienced art block was actually in in school while I was doing my bachelor's degree. Um, I was in drawing, and I had been experimenting with so many different materials and trying to find something that worked for me but because I was experimenting with so many materials, I kind of felt like I was at a limit or at the end, um, I was still strictly just drawing and I didn't know what to do next because I felt like I had used all the materials that I could access. Um, I was trying different things like non-objective, objective, storylines, uh, whatever, um, but I was still not satisfied with my work. Um, it wasn't until then that I had to, well, I guess for me, I had to move on from that. And, like, we'll talk about that a little bit later of how how we got out of our art block. But that was, that was it for me. I was just, like, I thought I had run out of ideas. And I thought I, like, had used everything that I could. So, like, there was nothing left for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time 
I had art block was right after graduation. Um, a little bit, this had to do with, like, with burnout as well. So for, um, a couple months, like, I just did not want to do any work. I was so burnt out from my last semester at school. Um, but then when I was trying to get back into the studio, because I had taken such a long break, I didn't know what I wanted to achieve. I didn't just want to continue what I was continuing in, while well, in school. I wanted something different for myself, something to challenge myself. But at the same time, I was so used to working on these ideas and refining these ideas because that's what I was doing in school. I just didn't know what to do next. So that was like another time I, I had art block. What about you? What about you guys? I think for me, almost every single semester, <laughs> I get art block. And it it's always the first two or sometimes even three weeks of each portfolio. So you do two portfolios a semester in most classes. Each portfolio, and let's just say print or drawing, those were my two main studio courses, I would spend... like I said the first two or three weeks looking at the same pieces of papers and scraps and sketchbook and notes and not ever actually print or draw or make anything um with drawing for a while I was making um kind of like handmade journals and I would make the books right away because that was a process that was like very formulaic and I felt confident in and I liked the process of making the journals and then when it came time to put the information in I would feel maybe it was overwhelmed by what I had built and then with print I think uh, definitely for me seeing everybody else start working right away and getting discouraged maybe lost I think kind of like Miriam said, like, I'm thinking about so many different things that I want to do and I don't know what I should give my attention to and what's going to give me the best results that I just don't start working on anything. And then it's not until it's like crunch time and that procrastination hits me that I really start to work. But every single semester, this would happen to me in at least one, if not all of my studio courses. It just really takes a lot for me to get going on my ideas and really put in my all to what it is I'm going to dedicate that portfolio to. Yeah, and um, last year, my last, like, the fall semester of 2018, I was dealing with a lot of personal loss, stress in the family, stress with work, school, feeling overwhelmed, having a lot of stress and anxiety. And at that time, you know, my abuelito was really sick. My grandpa was really sick. I lost both of them within a six-week period. I had family um, in California. My mom was taking care of people over there. My dad was here trying to make sure everything was, you know, keeping, holding together in the house and adjusting to all these changes and having to do with the emotional trauma of everything, having to do with explaining things to my professors, if I was going to be absent, if I had to go to a funeral, if I was going to be missing classes, all those things were so overwhelming that I I shut myself out of art. I, I couldn't release myself into my work. Like A lot of people 
even my professor was like, you know, sometimes you need to get away from all that and just invest in the studio and pour yourself into it. And I'm not one of those people that can work like that. I was just not interested and not invested and really angry that I was in the studio and not with my family. And that was one of the toughest art blocks that I ever had because I almost felt a resentment towards the studio because of what I mentioned, that I was there and not somewhere else and not taking care of things that I thought were more important and that were important, but my studios were important as well. And at the time, I just couldn't make that separation and I couldn't put my work into it. And eventually, I got out of it, but it took me up until maybe like the last three weeks of that whole semester to really give it my all and feel confident again in the work that I was starting to do mm -hmm. but because I started to become a little bit more open and honest with the things that I was dealing with mm -hmm. but man that was that was a rough semester <laughs> what about you Sarah um for me art block is usually a direct uh uh directly caused by my outside life so I mean mm -hmm. I've mentioned before that I work two jobs I've had to take the bus to to school I have uh, a lot to deal with um, and sometimes I'm not always great at taking care of personal things and they kind of blow up in my face and that leads me to feeling bad not feeling motivated feeling down in the dumps and do I want to work when I'm like that no. no. Hell no. I don't want to do anything when I'm like that. And much less art. What's art going to do for me? Mm -hmm. Everything. But. <laughs> but in the time. But at the time. Moment, but at the time. Yeah. But at the time, I hate everything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just mm -hmm. want to sleep and go to bed and not, and wake up and have everything resolved without having without me taking the responsibility or the action or initiative to do anything. And art blog for me isn't a lack of ideas because I'm blessed to think of many things that um always lead to more and more it's kind of like a domino effect for me like I can think of things to do because I have <laughs> I love to complain about things and <laughs> and so I always have that but it for me art blog is uh it's a, a manifestation of my own, uh, what's the word? A manifestation of my own lack of discipline and just n not being motivated enough. Mm -hmm. And I always struggle with that. Like, should I even go into this? My art block is more self-doubt rather yeah. than not having the ideas. the ideas for it. Mm -hmm. because, I think I would agree with that. Yeah, too. because, yeah, I can get ideas or maybe... And most of my things that I do are heavily process-based. So I can just do something stupid and, and try and figure out something from that, uh, like breaking plates. Um, but that's where my art blog comes from. And it happens to me every semester because every semester I always get stressed. Every semester that I've had so far, I've had to work the my ass off. I had, it's just. Mm -hmm. It's like a yeah. repeat. <laughs> a and repeat. Every semester. Yeah. Like you were saying that you get art block every semester. And I, like you were saying something earlier that you were saying that like it's caused by your own 
personal problem. Like, you know, yeah. um, I was like that brought up a thought in my head that I have always thought that like, inspir- like nobody waits around for inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that, but there's no such thing really like when it comes to being creative or working in a creative field, you can't wait around for inspiration. So it is our own selves causing the art block, like, to, (laughs) on ourselves, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a big thing of self-motivation. And I think that's why it's so tough and something so many people don't appreciate when you're talking, when they find out that you go to school for art, and they think it's like, oh, you have, it's so easy. Or, oh, can you just draw me this? Oh, can you just do that? Oh, how nice. Like, you get to do what you like. And it is true because why, I wouldn't go to school for something like this unless I really cared about it. But there's so much that you have to invest of yourself into it and to keep yourself up through it. Mm-hmm. Because so- sometimes your work can be so emotionally draining that you don't even want to touch it. A lot of times that's been the case for me that I'll start something, but it's just so hard to keep at. Or be in that headspace. Or, yeah, exactly. Be in that headspace that you just want to abandon that project and you impose that block on yourself. But obviously we've all had to get ourselves through it mm-hmm. and out of those moments. So what would you say are things that you did because you're here you're, yeah every semester we come through I know we, we, we come back <laughs> we come back when we finish strong and we get through our critiques so how do we do it so for example an art block that I, I constantly I don't even I encourage this to happen because it gets me to think um, a little bit more it, it's it's like writer's block I guess because a lot of my work is uh, has a lot of written components to it or is a lot of it has to do with what is being said, whether in the title or within the work. And a lot of it is based on past experiences. But I mean, if I wrote you a little story about my, my life, that would be boring and mm-hmm. not really what I want to do. I want to select key things within stories or things that have happened that really um, give a sense of what was happening, but not directly tells you what happened. And that's that's an enigma. I don't... I still, I'm pretty sure my writing is crap. But I'm having fun doing it. And the way I do it is kind of, uh, I guess, make myself feel worse. And I'm being... <laughs> just kidding. It's a process for me because I get the art block. And then I go down in the dumps. And this, this leads to a, a topic we want to talk about is do we have to be bad or sad or depressed in order to make good art and for my case some sometimes yes for me I have to go through those roller coasters of emotions to get out and learn something from that I think for me it's the learning part <laughs> Tyra Banks learn something from this <laughs> oh gosh I think about that. that and then something that I like to do a lot and it's sometimes it's like embarrassing but I love watching tornado documentaries like this is so like what random but i love tornado documentaries twister the movie made in 1998 or 1994 or 6 i forgot it was made in the 90s 
my favorite movie ever. I, I, and those, like, that helps me get out of the headspace that I was in before and helps me bring, at least to think of something else. Um, something else that I do is busy work. So, for example, I went through this period where I, I wrote 108 pieces of paper, a bunch of questions, and collected trash to go with those questions. The busy work was just writing down the questions, writing down the questions over and over and over again. I think each little page had 15 questions times 108. I don't know what that math is. But just busy work. Um, trying to Just doing all the questions. And if I ran out of questions, I would go out and find the trash. And if I was tired of looking for trash or did not feel like looking for trash, I would go do the questions. Kind of just keep myself something that's formulaic. That way I can think of something else. And that's why I really love process-based work because it gives my mind time to rest, do something that is still productive, but give it some time to rest and think of something else to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's interesting. And uh, I feel like, for me, um, definitely the way I handled art block while I was in school is different from the way I handle it now that I'm not in school. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because one of the things that I do is that I take breaks. Like sometimes I don't go to the studio for a week or two weeks. If, if I'm dreading going to the studio, I'm not going to make good work while I'm there. And if I'm dreading being there, I need, I need to take a break. But sometimes you can't do that when you're in school because you have deadlines. Right. So it's definitely different for now that I'm out of school. Um, another thing that I do is that I try to not put too much pressure on myself anymore. Um, especially if I'm just trying to start working again. Like if I'm taking a break and then I want to start working again, I just start with sketches. I just do something fun, something that I like, something that might make me smile or something like that doesn't cause too much stress for me Mm -hmm. just so I can get in the habit of that muscle memory of drawing or painting again. That's definitely something that I've found helpful because art should, obviously we, we came into art because we love art and we love making art. So when it becomes a chore or it becomes hard to do, um, you kind of lose the love for it. So what I try to do is bring the love I had at first back. And I always start with drawing because drawing is my first love. So that that's something that I always try to do. Um, and then when I can't work, I try to... For me, I try to do research. I know sometimes... Um, I think like Marissa mentioned or has mentioned before, like she, she'll like block herself out of like looking at things. But sometimes when I do research or when I'm constantly looking for images, like I'll get more, um, ideas. So I'm just like drowning myself in different images and different like topics so I can form my own topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Marissa? Um, for me, since I mentioned how there's so many projects that some 
kind of like Sarah, I have so many ideas and things I want to do, but there's this element of self-doubt. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to invest my time in. What's going to be most worthwhile? I just start making marks on scraps or I start, because I mentioned in the first episode that a lot of what I do is embroidered based as of lately. And so I'll just start sewing lines or non-objective forms or hands on sheets of paper and then once I've collected all those scraps I have something to look at and something to build off of and whether that be white out post-it notes drawings things like that but at least I have something going um another thing that I I know I have to do when I start feeling like that is stop looking so much at what everyone else is doing and especially stop looking at Instagram and even Pinterest sometimes I follow so many accounts and you're so like there's so much information and things that you're flooded with in the explore page and your home page like your feed everything like everything I see on Twitter and Instagram like I see people working on so much stuff and it, I feel so discouraged at where I'm at or wishing I was doing something different and it's just so distracting for me and even seeing sometimes my peers work like I'll spend so much time walking around the studio kind of seeing what everyone else is doing you know sometimes even to think like what's working for them that I can apply and that is just so much of a time drainer it's good to look at things and of course to be aware of what people are working on what people are interested in but not so much that you don't do the work yourself and that's what happens to me a lot so really just like don't look at Instagram and just like sit myself down and start working on those scraps. Last semester, was it last semester or the previous one where we watched the Eva Hesse? It was last semester. Last semester. Terry, she showed us in her drawing class um, a movie about Eva Hesse's life. She's an artist that mm -hmm. we all fell in love with. Um, really, really wonderful. Unfortunately, has passed away. Um, but she has such like this huge array array of work. work and not even just in the mediums but she just did so much work so she much sketching so much yeah she filled the guggenheim and one of the and one of her moments of you know feeling lost discouraged she was a pen pal with Solowit who is also another great artist mm -hmm. and in the movie, they have, like, scans of letters that they would send each other, mm -hmm. you know, just talking about where they're at, their ideas, when they're feeling inspired, and when they're not. And, you know, she's telling Soloit about her troubles and what she's feeling. And one of the things he writes at the bottom is just do. It's, like, in all caps, and, and it has, all like, a bunch arrows. of lines and arrows around it. And, I mean, there was, like, a whole section, a, paragraph before a whole that. paragraph before right. that. But it's just like a reminder to get out of your head and just do it. Just make the work and and that's all it takes. You just make it and you put it out there and you keep making and you keep making. And when I watched that, I'm so sad that I watched that in my last semester because it really resonated with me and it just made me feel like I'm here for this moment and this moment only and why am I not taking advantage? I should just... Just do it. Who cares? Like, not everything is going to be your best work. You just make it and you just keep going. And so thinking about that, it really 
helped me get out of the box that I was feeling in my last semester. And like I said, I wish I would have heard it sooner or been able to watch it sooner. But now you guys can look that up and hopefully it'll resonate with you guys too. Mm -hmm. And also just remembering that when I make work, even when I feel I'm in a rut, I feel better even if I don't like what I did than if I had done nothing at all. It's like mm-hmm. when I, like, when I, I was talking to Miriam how, like, I don't like to go to the gym, but I'm trying to be better and, you know, yeah. make lifestyle changes that are going to benefit me, be a little bit more healthy and active. I dread going to the gym, but then once I go to the gym and do my workout, even if it's not the most intense and technically physically correct workout, I feel so much better that I just went and did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that I feel when... I'm making art and I feel stuck. I feel so much better once I've done something that I don't care if it was good or bad. And even just thinking about that helps me move out of these art blocks so much faster. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, like, the getting doing the work like and trying to get out of it, obviously doing nothing is not gonna get you anywhere and uh you're just gonna feel bad for yourself Mm -hmm. constantly and like you said like it we're right now whatever we do right now is gonna affect us in the future if we don't do anything right now if we don't make any changes right now um then may then it'll affect us in the future maybe not for the better so we definitely want to try or all i always try to do something like you said even if it's not the best just so i am i can say i did it so i can say that this will benefit me in the future like taking a step Mm -hmm. backwards and looking or taking a step back and looking at it from an outside perspective and seeing how like all the work that you do now and how much it's helped you like all the work that you've done in the past and how much you've grown now and then the same thing is going to happen for you in the future I don't know what else to add to that. So we could just pinpoint some things, like just uh, Mm -hmm. bullet point some. So for me, it would be taking a break, uh, not putting too much pressure on myself, and uh, just doing research, something that is not... um, It's still art-related because it's still for my artwork, Mm -hmm. but it's not actually making something. Yeah. I guess for me, it would be... Um, take the art block as a learning experience. So learn something from the art block. Uh, watch, for me, documentary specifically. Watch a tornado video. Watch, watch <laughs> Twister. <laughs> no, uh, watch something that you enjoy. But again, don't fall into the the hole that is Netflix. Mm-hmm. Just something like a movie that you know it'll start and it'll end, and there will be no what, watch what's next. Um, so that watch something to just get your mind off of it um busy work also helps did i have a third one uh i I think busy work was my third one busy work i think for me it's just do Mm -hmm. all of everything that i said just involves just doing the work and putting something down on paper and then moving on to the next thing and next thing and next thing so just do 
So what do you guys do to get out of art block? We want to know um, your different strategies or maybe your different stories stories on how you overcame it. Um, We'd love to hear from you. So you can always DM us on Instagram at Sundays at Sarah's, Sarah with an H, (laughs) or email us at Sundays at Sarah's as well. At Uh, Gmail. At gmail.com, yes. And then if you guys have any other feedback or you have any other topics you would like us to discuss, you can always DM us or uh, email us at that email as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so thank you guys for listening in to another episode. We're really excited that you have been tuning in. Have been tuning in. <laughs> or if you're a first-time listener, thank you for taking the time to hear what we had to say. Yeah. And hopefully you'll be wanting to share some of your experiences with us as well. And hopefully we helped you guys out a little bit. Yeah. Maybe gave you some ideas on how to overcome art block. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see you you. in the next one. Bye. 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 All right, are we rolling? We're rolling. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to Sundays at Sarah's. This is me, Sarah. This is me, Miriam. And me, Marissa. All right. So thank you for tuning in, guys. Today we're going to be talking about daily practice. But first... We're going to be talking about postgraduate depression real quick, just as our beginning topic. Um, so we started off with this topic because Miriam, our lovely little Miriam, showed us this video. It's a TED Talk given by Aide Alonso at UTEP. And she spoke about this, about her own experience with post-graduate, dep- post-graduate depression. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, I follow Haide Alonso on Instagram because she is also an artist from the border, from both Juarez and from El Paso. And she went to UTEP and TED Talk and UTEP did a partnership and she was one of the guest speakers. So it was obviously I was interested in her and what the talk was going to be about because she is an artist and a working artist. And I was kind of surprised that her topic was about postgraduate depression because she is currently like a working artist she's getting her name out there she's partnering with a bunch of um people and organizations and i think we even talked about her in the episode of female artists our very first episode so some of the things that she had brought up in the talk were how she felt that she um got into this depression after her master's and that it was like completely unexpected um she didn't realize that she was going through a depression and it was really hard for her to get out of the depression and so and she one of the main topics was that nobody she felt like she didn't have anybody to talk to she felt like there were no resources about depression after college or how to begin your life again pretty much after being in an institution institutional um environment so i just wanted to open it up to you guys like what do you guys think i had sarah and marissa watch the video too and i just want to hear your guys' thoughts yeah and it's a really quick video it's only 14 minutes long if you guys want to check it out i'm pretty sure if you just go on google or youtube and type in ted talk utep Aile Alonso, like you'll find it'll be the first thing that pops up so i think it was really worthwhile and um i do think it's important for us to talk about 
mental health and hopefully in the future we can do a whole episode talking about that um but I don't know I I really enjoyed the video and I thought it was it's good to hear people open up about those topics one so you don't feel so alone and two like Miriam said she's a working artist and she's very driven always working on things and you know from the outside perspective seems very successful and happy and so for her to open up about a topic like this and then you know Miriam and I have already graduated and I think Miriam maybe can relate a little bit more to this since I'm still like it's only been a month yeah so I can't really relate <laughs> to those experiences grad. we were talking about it a little bit earlier but I've never um had to experience anything like that I've never gone through a depression I've definitely had dark moments and very rough times and I'm you know I do have seasonal affective disorder so sometimes those things do affect me but um not to this sort of extent I don't think and definitely stress is always a factor in it but right now I'm like on top of the world like I just <laughs> I got my degree and now I'm letting myself enjoy my summer and I think also Miriam and I were saying our experiences graduating are very different because I'm graduating and I'm working on this really fun project with my two best friends and I'm trying to get back into tattooing and I still have my part-time job and I still like I'm looking at other outlets Miriam and I want to start a brand and so we're working on I just feel like I've thrusted myself into so many projects that I don't feel that sort of disconnect I don't feel guilty I don't feel behind I don't feel lost I'm sure I feel sometimes like what choice is best and I do question what these things will bring to me and what I can bring to them but I'm not I don't feel that sort of disconnect and I think you you had a rougher time with it when you got out of school yeah so one of the things that Haida was talking about was that she she pretty much worked like so hard um during her bachelor's and then she worked even harder and took like a gap year to work and go get her master's and she went to the royal school in london which is the best school the best art school that there is in the world but then right after that she felt that she had no direction it was kind of like well what do i work towards now there's not really artists that go and get their doctorate like there's not really like a there's no doctor yeah there's no doctor <laughs> so it was kind of like a what now what do i do now and so when she found herself doing nothing um it was just hard for her and she she didn't she couldn't really come to the terms that she wasn't doing any work and she was doing everything but getting work done getting artwork done to distract herself that she was going through this depression mm-hmm. um so she was she said that she was working out she was traveling she was drinking she was being social anything to distract her from realizing the true problem at hand that she wasn't doing what she really wanted to do yeah and for me since i have not graduated yet um i don't really relate to the post uh depression but um something's really resonated with me like when she was speaking about um high functioning depression 
she did speak about that, right? Or did yeah. I don't think she directly said she yeah. had high functioning, but, but she did mention that she didn't realize that she was depressed because mm-hmm. it was, was so opposite mm-hmm. of what you imagine. Like sad, lonely, can't get out of bed, uh-huh. always sleeping or can't sleep, and she was like doing so many things, yeah. but as a distracted a distraction. Yeah. So, I mean, I related a lot to that because. Yeah, um, I'm constantly doing something um, for the past few years, um, from the break of dawn to uh, late night, I'd be at school or at work, I would never be home, and I liked it that way, I just did not want to be home to face what was going on, uh, so I'd keep myself busy, I got a job at a at a gallery, I was working on, I'm working on my bachelor's, I was getting into exhibitions, I was always working on my artwork and keeping busy, doing everything, going out, finding friends, um, being with my significant others and my partners and whatever, and really not, like, what she was essentially talking about is not facing the truth that, and dealing with those problems from the inside, and, uh, I don't know. It's kind of difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and what she said was like that after graduation, she wanted to come home and feel warm and mm-hmm. be welcome. But she said that she felt that everybody was moving on without her pretty much. And yeah. she couldn't find her place within them. And I'm sure they're living much different lives than what she is living or was living before. So it was hard to like fit in. And another thing she was saying that she really had to reevaluate her ego and realize that she needed to start over and start from square one so that she didn't have that feeling of failure. Because if you were already failing, then you can't, or you're, if you're already at the bottom, then you can't go anymore. Like, you, you can't, can't yeah. Yeah, you can't go lower than the bottom <laughs> if you're already rock bottom. So she said, like, she really had to start from rock bottom to build herself up again from from what she had done previously. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm just being whiny. I'm, I don't want to talk about it. I know. Well, like, but, I mean, like, she brought up a lot of really good points. Like, the social media thing that, yeah. like, she felt that... Um, she felt like she had to post on social media all her accomplishments... And all the things she was doing, all the things she was taking part of, just to show people that she was happy or that she was working. And I feel like I think about that all the time. Like, I always try to, like, post on social media. And sometimes it is because it's because I want to show people, like, look, I am a working artist. Like, I am an artist and I can make it because there's such a stigma that, like, artists won't be able to make it in the world or that... You can't without having like a part-time job or something like that. So I don't, I just want to show, sometimes I want to show people like I'm still working. I didn't give up after my degree, but the reason behind it is not always like what it should be. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just, you see everyone else posting the best of the best of their life and the most successful bits of their life. I think, I think we already said it, but that she says in the video that success is all relative mm-hmm. and I think I don't know <laughs> yeah well no but like we have to reevaluate why we do the things we do or you know why we make artwork or like are we just doing it out of 
like revenge from our family are we doing it to show people who didn't believe in us that we're doing it like you know what i mean like um for me that was like a really big takeaway was to reevaluate like why i make art i think also to reevaluate our definition of success or i mean that's that's exactly what you guys are saying but also like also us making this podcast a reality how we were talking about people kind of just throw it around and say oh let's start a podcast well we talked about it and we're doing it we waited for marissa to graduate and we're here making the podcast or with you (laughs) i mean we're going to talk about it later like doing your daily practice and with going into the studio a year later after graduating or with marissa seeking out the job the opportunities that you have spoken to us about earlier and mm-hmm. like these are all enormous successes that we need to give value to as well within the art world yeah and she she was saying like we do need to like congratulate ourselves on mm-hmm. our successes but we always need to like she says repetitively in the video reevaluate what our next success will be mm-hmm. and that our success might not be the same as somebody else's just because one person is getting into a master's program and you haven't even applied does not mean that they are better than you or that they have more skill than you or they deserve it more than you but it just means that like maybe it's not your time or maybe yeah. it won't ever be your time because maybe that's not in the cards for you but that's okay that doesn't mean that that person is a better artist than you are yeah and i was telling miriam and sarah that i a big part of why i don't feel the same way that she felt in the video like i haven't personally related to is because i don't see my success as one straight line And I don't think that me taking, like, if I don't take a residency now at 22, or if I don't try to go into a master's program by 23, doesn't mean that I can't still do those things when I'm 35, 45, 60, if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And there are so many experiences to be had between now and then that I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat myself up about those things. And I'm trying to, I'm very consciously thinking about that. Like, I'm, I'm. I'm not going to let myself be upset when I see other people. Po- I'm, I just want to be happy for where everyone's at with their lives. And I hope everyone's doing the best for them. And that's mm-hmm. all that we really should hope for each other and for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And I think like we really could go on about the depression thing more. But we decided that we were going to make a whole video or a whole episode yeah. on just dealing with like our mental health and balancing our mental health along with making work. So I guess now we'll go into the main part of our of this episode which is to discuss the grand finale of our daily practice challenge that we assigned to ourselves June 1st. We were supposed to do something every single day until from June 1st to June 30th and then July 1st. Today for us a couple of weeks back for you guys, maybe um, see if we accomplished what we said we were going to accomplish, and if we did, how, and if we didn't, why. why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, was it the first or second episode that we talked about the goals um, that we were assigning? No, I think it was the first episode. <laughs> so yours, I know Miriam's was to doodle 
or yeah. do something as long it didn't have to be serious just as long as you were doing something and it was a drawing specifically because you were trying to fall back in love with yeah. your first love mm-hmm. and you were gonna do a book Can't, yeah just write out on pages and turn those pages into a book at the end of the month and I <laughs> had like 3,000 things that I wanted to do and then decided it was probably just best to doodle or draw anything no matter what. So how did it go, guys? Did I know. We? Um, okay, so... I think we have to go first. Okay. she probably yeah. did the best. She did the best out of all of us. Spoiler alert, Sarah and I failed big time. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I also failed too. Okay, so I have my drawings here with me. So you guys could take a look at them if you, you want. Um, so what my goal was, was to draw something small every day. Like even if it wasn't um, like a complete drawing or a drawing that I was satisfied with. Um, that was my goal. I didn't meet my goal necessarily because I didn't draw every day. But what I did try to do was draw a drawing on each page that I would have 30 pages of drawing. So it was kind of like I did draw every day, even though sometimes I drew more more than once, or I drew more drawings in one day than another day or whatsoever. Um, but I think I ended up with 25 drawings, so almost 30 drawings. But really towards the end of the month, I just like... It was just hard for me to draw or just to get um, things done. (laughs) So that was like my downfall (laughs) towards the end. Do you think you just got tired of? Well, I don't. Did it feel like a chore or what? No, I. It wasn't even that I didn't want to draw. It was just like uh, personal things kept uh, adding on top of each other, and I just like. I wasn't doing a lot of things. Like, I wasn't just, like, functioning either. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like, I was also, like, not doing laundry or something. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just the drawings that were suffering. Pretty much. And what about you guys? (laughs) Mm. So, I guess I'll go. So, for me, I was supposed to write and... I mean, I, for me, I think it would have been very easy for me to just write a little something for me each day. And my idea was to play with composition. So I could literally just write a single sentence on any part of the page and call that the day. But did I do that? No, I did not. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I would love to put out excuses and put everything that's in my life right now as my excuse. But in reality, I just didn't. I was not disciplined enough to do this and I'm here letting you guys know that I need to work on my discipline because I just I've had it (laughs) I don't know I really want to work on this stuff but I really need to work on the motivation to do it and really being accountable for myself that's the lesson I learned this month well for me I think it's a lot of factors, and I, I don't want to be playing the excuse game either, but I think, one, I want a break. Like, I yeah. think all, that's, like, the biggest thing, one, is that I just spent the past five years of my life pushing and pushing and pushing out work when I was doing my 
internship slash apprenticeship, when I was doing commissions, when I was doing studio assignments, when I was working on portfolios. And so not that I'm like tired of it and I never want to make art again, but like I never had fun. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go out. And when I was in school, I think I went to, like, three or four... Con- I used to love going to concerts. And, like, I always wanted to go out with my coworkers after work. They would always invite me. But I, in my head, I was like, oh, I have to get up early because I have to go to the studio. And then I have to come in for my next shift again. So I never... I just didn't do a lot of things. And I don't, I don't regret that because I worked really hard for school and for work. And I did very well in school. And I have kept my job for a good amount... I, been at the same job for five years I have a good pay I have a good relationship with my co-workers and with my management team so I don't regret that but now that I'm done with school I'd like to give myself a little vacation yeah and I need, have yeah. a real summer when I <laughs> when I graduated I needed like a long vacation yeah I don't think I made anything for like two months yeah and then I think also this podcast has been a big part of my summer so far. Like we've been, we record every other week. We've been, uh, busy. We've been editing the podcast, trying to figure out things, looking into supplies, posting on social media, yeah, creating, creating templates post. for social media, creating the timeline feeds, thinking of questions, making the like planner calendar. So. I think for me also working on the templates and all of that kind of felt like my daily practice, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't like, I should have had a, I should have had a separate cause you were still going to the studio and working on your things and working and doing your daily practice. Like I, I should have done the same thing, but I think it was the same thing that I mentioned the first episode that I had too many ideas, too many things I wanted to do. I didn't just pick one. And then I felt guilty about not spending my time doing one thing or the other and so I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I think I I did, like, June 4th. I didn't bring my sketchbook. I, I did June 4th. I did, like, June 7th. And then I even was going to, like, spend June 10th doing, like, Previous. 1 through 9. <laughs> just so that I could make up and, like, have something to post. Because I was supposed to be posting on Instagram. Yeah. I was supposed to be... You guys were supposed to keep me in check. <laughs> you guys were supposed to be seeing it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I on my Instagram story on Instagram, like, three times. And that was it. But you also said um, in that first episode that you were doing it more for you, that you weren't really yeah. going to post or, like, if anything, maybe an occasional story post. But I did say I'll be posting every day on my Instagram story. So go and check. I left my handle and I told you all to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> and I messed it up. Well, okay. I guess we can agree that none of us really met our personal goals for ourselves. Yeah. Um... And we kind of talk about, like, what happened. So now that we've, like, established that, um, what do you think we could have done different to make sure that we were doing it? Uh, for me, I, it would have been making time for it, uh, setting time aside for the day, and just dedicating that time, really, to... And also carrying around the, the paper for me, because... I wanted to do it on this paper that I found at Savers, and I it's it's somewhere in my apartment. I don't know where it is, and <laughs> I think this is just the last time you're like it's over there somewhere. It's, yeah, I, I have not found it. I know it's here, 
Um, actually, making <laughs> <laughs> making it accessible to me would might have yeah. helped me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, keeping better track of my stuff and making time. What about you? Um, yeah, I think like that. That's one thing. Like, I. Because my schedule is so... It varies from day to day. Like, I don't have, like, a set schedule. But I think if I were to set it aside a certain time... Like, if I was going to... Like, okay, as soon as I wake up at 9 in the morning or as soon as I... After I eat breakfast, um, that's when I'm going to draw. And it's have an alarm or... Like, and also have an alarm for, like... If I um, if I'm only allowed like a certain amount of time because I have to go to work or I have to go to the studio, like then have like two alarms and then once the alarm goes off, just stop. That's actually like, a really good one. Yeah, yeah like I think that would have been really. And then of course, like as you you know keep doing it, maybe you don't have to do the alarms anymore because it'll become routine. But maybe I should have some, done something like that. So yeah, it's like this is the time and setting aside just for this right oh for me (laughs) i think the same like um i was waiting for my old planner to like run out of the days (laughs) and like the they didn't overlap because it like ended in may and my new planner started in july so i wasn't writing anything down and for me having a planner is so helpful yeah and it's really what keeps me in track with my day and if I write it down, I'll do it. But since I... And I, I have no routine anymore. Like I, like you said, like, I'm not in school. Oh, yeah. And now my work availability's changed. So I'm, I'm used to work, like, going to school Monday through Thursday and then working Friday through Sunday. And weekday afternoons in the studio or working on homework or whatever. And then weekends working and also studio and so now I don't have school and my work schedule's all over the place and like I don't know like I just need to reestablish uh, some sense of routine in my life yeah, again and then I think like too. yeah like you said like if I get up in the morning go to the gym come home eat breakfast and then before I do anything else dedicate time to draw and like you said set a timer it could be 15 minutes Mm-hmm. And as long as I'm working on something for those 15 minutes, that would have been really helpful for me. Yeah, another thing I wrote down... Well, like, we were supposed to keep each other accountable, but I don't yeah. think we ever, like, talked about it at all. Like, no. <laughs> maybe even if we said, like, oh, how's it going, guys? How's the daily practice going? <laughs> then maybe I would have been reminded or, like, oh, yeah, let me do that right now or something. Like, it's my own fault. We're <laughs> not, like... Reaching out, mm-hmm. but no. you know, <laughs> we try. Having a friend would probably, I mean, maybe depending on who you are, it could help like motivate each other. Yeah, I don't know. I was way too busy this month. So, I mean, we did make a list of things that we could do to help make ourselves improve our daily practice. And, like, the first one that I'm reading is post your work if you want to keep yourself accountable on social media. And then in parentheses, definitely not for everyone. Definitely not for me. Didn't work for me, but... But I also put that because, like, maybe it's not about, like, 
the posting because i know people get anxiety about like posting yeah and like oh i have to post every day or oh like let me do this every day um that's why i put like definitely not for everybody yeah i think uh the other big tip that i'm seeing that is a really good one is that whatever your practice is should be mentally stimulating so that you look forward to it every day rather than looking at it as a chore or like oh, i have to do my practice real quick or like oh man i for or like also not beat yourself up if you miss a day because i think like i missed two days and then i was like well two days gone like i feel discouraged i might as well quit yeah. like and i think if i was just more like oh so what if you miss two days just like get back in it and pick up the pencil and missing two days is better than missing a whole month and also i think since i wasn't like i've mentioned so many times already that i didn't really pick one of the three things i wasn't mentally stimulated towards any of the projects because i just didn't know what i was going to be doing and i do need some sort of structure to follow for to feel kind of excited to do something mm -hmm. or into it not even excited but just like i'll just feel so lost without some sort of guidelines or that i present to myself not even that someone else presents for me but just like if i don't set anything for myself then i'm not i won't do it i just won't do it yeah and i think like so like i had to do a daily practice for a class for professional practices but I think I did so much better during the class because I had like a really specific daily practice and that's what I would take a photo like my own photo that day and then I would draw from the photo but the only difference was that I was using a different medium every day so I was using like a color pencil or ink or a pen like a ballpoint pen or something like anything and that was like the a variable but at least I knew what I was drawing like this time I didn't like I was trying to draw but then I didn't know what I wanted to draw and also you didn't you draw some of your dreams too yeah so then and working so, from memory and dreams that they're so like easy to forget details I, yeah. of well I mean that's not a pro like I have like very vivid dreams oh, okay so that's not like <laughs> that's a problem nice. but it's like hard for me to draw out my dreams like drawing yeah. from memory that's like the hard part for me yeah like because normally I use like a reference um all the time like even if I'm doing like a collage or something I always use references and so for me to not have a reference and start from scratch or like nothing that was like really hard for me. yeah so one of the tips that you guys had written out that makes the most sense to me is the to make sure that practice is something practical that can be done daily with minimal materials yeah so i mean my materials would just have been a pencil and a piece of paper that's easy to carry around <laughs> how much easier could it have been for me but I think that's also something poignant because um, maybe, I don't know, maybe someone wants to do like a painting every day or something elaborate. That's a, that's a bit unrealistic unless you're working on a painting every day for a month and that's more realistic. But it still falls back to making the time for that. And that's what Marissa was saying, that that's the one that really... Or was it humorous? Oh, um, um, I like. I think also like, if you're 
a painter or if you're somebody who draws like maybe your your daily practice can be something different so mm-hmm. it you don't re- make that relation to work like that was like another thing I was thinking about I was like oh maybe I should have just taken photos every day yeah like of anything and that would be my daily practice it's like here I'm taking a photo and I'm posting it from like my life because it's like my work mm-hmm. and I don't I don't ever do photography so it'd be something to you know Try experiment out. with mm-hmm. and like experiment with angles and filters and different types of photography and like maybe that would have been more mentally stimulating for me because that's more like hobby-ish or something I'm not used to something I'm not like it's not in my profession and but I would like to learn more about and like I could have used the photos for something else later so it's not like um I feel that they're going to waste or anything so maybe that yeah yeah I think that's a good thing to bring up too because I Maybe that's what it was for me, too, is that, like, I'm already drawing, and then I'm doing more drawing, like, (laughs) but I, because I was thinking something that I would like to do as a, like, maybe if we do another challenge, since it is July 1st, we could, um, is maybe just look up a different artist every day and read about that artist and look at their work, because the biggest, um, insecurity I have as an artist is that I don't know a lot of artists and I don't know especially here in El Paso like I don't know a lot of local people since I said like I didn't really go out anywhere and I didn't even start going to like last Thursdays or gallery openings until like my last year year and a half of college like I just don't know what's going on out there and except for like the people that I have on Instagram but most of them are like in the same group, so I just see the same stuff rotated. And I like I like what I, what is on my feed, but I think I just need to learn more about artists and what they're doing and what they're interested in, and maybe that'll help like influence me or encourage me to like just look at different topics. Mm-hmm. And I I just think it's good to know different people and be aware like when I helped Sarah out um I volunteered at a summer camp they did for high school students Mm -hmm. and is she the director or what is she she's the assistant director the assistant director she would make conversation with me like on the lunch breaks Mm -hmm. and she would be like oh and we're gonna bring in this person tomorrow do you know this person and she'd tell me a name and I'm like oh no or I'd lie and be like oh I think I know who you're talking about but <laughs> but I had no idea she was like telling me all these people that she because she she meets so many people she has such a wide network and a lot of them are like right here in El Paso or next door like in Cruces and I just don't know anybody and it makes me feel so dumb and like so uninvolved and really guilty that I don't know more about the community. So I think that would be like my daily practice is to look up and look into a different artist's work each day. Mm-hmm. And maybe just one. like write it down in a journal so I don't forget it or something. That's pretty good because that's like research based and yeah. not even like you feel that you have to be creative or forcing yourself to be creative. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, and about that, you're not born knowing people. You have to give yourself time to figure out the the whole community. And I don't... The artists and people that my assistant director person brought to the summer camp, I have no idea who they are, and that's how I meet them. That's how I was yeah. able, how I'm able to have... Uh, a little network of people that I know is because of her and the interactions that I had with the people that she invites over. So we can talk about... um, Do you guys want to try this again? Since we all feel like we didn't um, successfully achieve our personal goals. Do you you guys want to do it again for the month of July since today is the first and we can start right now? <laughs> and sit with each other for fifteen minutes. I mean, we could do this too. Add this into our our biweekly meetings for the first fifteen twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. Work on something, and at least we'll have at the very least two things. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a good idea. And then we can keep each other accountable, encourage each other twice a month. Okay. So my new daily practice would be exactly what I just said. I'm going to research people and different artists. I'm going to try to stay local so I can become more familiar with the scene here Mm -hmm. and, like, New Mexico, um, Arizona, maybe. I think mostly just, like, El Paso and Cruces. And then move on from there. I think this is something I would actually be interested in doing every day, but, of course, like, I'll start with the first 30 days. How many months, How many days are in July? 30 or 31? I have no idea. Somebody will look it up. I think it's... Check the records. 30. 31. Okay. So for the next 31 days, I'll do exactly that. Yeah. Miriam, what do you think you're going to do? Uh, well, I still want to keep drawing because I don't think... Like, I, I mean, I did fail <laughs> at the end, but um, I think I just, like, need to figure out what I'm drawing before mm-hmm. and I think um because I draw a lot of like portraits and stuff and like doodles but I think I would like to practice more maybe like landscapes or environments mm-hmm. um something that I don't normally do so I could actually mm-hmm. be physically challenging myself with something that mm, that is not in my comfort zone do you yeah. think that will keep you stimulated? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, if I... Well, I think if it's, like... If I'm taking the photo, um, you know, I get to choose, like, what the angle or yeah. what I want to draw, so... So you'll work from references. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to suggest that you should take pictures of what you're drawing. What you're going to draw, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to keep it pretty much the same, just write something down on paper and at the end of the month figure out a way to put it all together maybe it doesn't have to be a book maybe just how I've worked on stuff before laid out on a grid and hang it up Mm -hmm. um I do think uh it's because I want I want to dabble in like writing writing like poetry or something because I know I know I have stuff to say and some words are just just stick out to me a lot and Mm -hmm. I think those words are powerful and I feel like if I can figure out how to put them together I can maybe make something worth reading yeah even if it's just like a a sentence or something and and a lot of it comes from like 
Spanish sayings or, or like, uh, little funny things that people say. And I think uh, I, I just value those things a lot. And uh, I want to put it on paper. Maybe you could, like, um, like, as soon as you wake up, like, the first thought that comes into your head, write it down. <laughs> or... <laughs> The fir- like the last thought that comes into your head right before you go to sleep <laughs> sleep <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know yeah I don't know Just what like, I think of <laughs> or when I'm uh huh but that that'd be a good one to keep it right by my bed mm-hmm. and that would make it easier for me to work on if I'm just just right from the get go writing down and like you could always write like just so you, yeah just so you're start writing even if that's not the writing or the phrase that you're gonna use later like that could be like here i'm writing something down if you think of something later you could also write it down and yeah. then if you think about something right before you go to bed you could also write it down but you don't have to write something at least yeah every know. day like yeah. i mean one thing yeah that sounds good and i do like the idea of making the book because i have done it before but i'm out of practice so i would like to do that again yeah i think that sounds good new challenge new month so what are we going to do now to keep each other accountable aside from meeting twice a month what what can we do what can we actively do i mean we're always messaging each other about the podcast maybe we could add on Maybe not every day, because yeah. that would be annoying. Maybe, like, once a week. <laughs> stop. I know, yeah, I'll just stop out of resentment. <laughs> yeah, I will not. Maybe, like, once a week? Yeah. A weekly check-in. Like, or you guys could ask me, like, oh, Marissa, like, did you, like, who did you learn about this week? Or, like, yeah. have you, you could even recommend me people to look into. Oh, that's Because I, like, might not even know where to start. Mm-hmm. I have a question. So, for your daily practice, are you just going to be, like... Reading? Just reading or? and writing? Or are you going to make art out of it? Like, I'm not going to make art. <laughs> just, like, no. oh. just, like, I'm write just down. Gonna I'm going to, like... <laughs> if they have a website, look at their website. Oh, okay. oh that's a good idea. You know, read yeah. their bios. And then, like, make a record of it. Just, like, the date, the person, their website information, maybe a little bit about their work or what I like about it. Mm-hmm. And then that that be it. But But mostly it would be, yeah, and maybe what I don't like. But, and just so that I, it's mostly just to become more familiar with people. And Mm -hmm. so I can, because my parents, like, when we take, when we took the trolley for the first time. Uh And they're like, oh, look at this mural, or look at this, who did this? And I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Like, maybe I should know. Yeah, yeah, like, and of course, not just murals, but, like, yeah. Everyone in my family is always, like, asking me art questions, and I'm like... Ugh. Let me get back to you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's not fine. But it'll get better. Because I'll work for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also there's a lot more art openings and events than we know. And I'm pretty sure oh, there are like super mm-hmm. like low-key like word-of-mouth kind of things. I would like to find out about those. I, yeah. I only see... I haven't gone to one, and I really want to go to another one soon, so let me know in your research if someone's... Yeah, oh, yeah me too. That would be fun for us to go as a as a group to something. Mm-hmm. And talk about it, maybe? Yeah. I really enjoy looking at art. It's just hard to make it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys 
this is us wrapping it up. Uh, tune in next week for our next topic, which will be. I <laughs> you know you guys aren't supposed to be quiet, so I can. Which will be on pricing art. Um, it's gonna be like which will be on which will be on pricing art. <laughs> when I edit it and I cut, <laughs> that would, maybe you should leave it. <laughs> Let the let the people know I don't know shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I just I have a bad memory. But uh, so next week it'll just be on pricing art. Um, yeah. Next, tune back in. Yeah. Make sure to follow us on Instagram uh-huh. Sundays at Sarah's. Please email us <laughs> if you want with any questions, with any topics you guys want us to talk about. Um, you can always DM us on Instagram or email us at Sundays at Sarah's. Uh, we're always open to any kind of comments. Yeah, we already got a couple suggestions for an episode on street art, an episode mm-hmm. on digital art, talking about um, life after graduation. So we we really like anything that you guys are interested in. We will put it down in the calendar and we'll talk about it. And definitely, I think next week's episode is really really good. If you're uh, an artist trying to sell your work. Maybe you'll relate to these experiences, and especially if you're not an artist, or you're just a fan of art, or you see stuff and you like it, and you know people who are artists, listen, listen, listen to this episode. I think it's going to be really helpful for you to understand where we're coming from, and uh, you know, get a little bit more in depth of the reality of making work. So yeah, but thank you guys so much for listening anyways. Hopefully you'll listen to the next one. Hopefully you'll listen to all the other ones we already posted, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.